portion of Scripture in John chapter number 12, verse number 21. John chapter number 12, verse number 21. Let's go ahead and stand because you're only going to stand for like two seconds and then you're going to sit back down. I just, I just want to get the blood flowing so you're not sleeping on me all message long. Please. <laughs> John 12, 21. I want to focus on this portion of Scripture Reading from the King James Version on the screen, we would see Jesus. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. You can be seated. We would see Jesus. It's like, you had a stand for that? Yeah, it was worth it. Think of, think of the subject right there. Yeah, it was worth standing for. We would see Jesus. Now, the... the uh, most other versions, some of the other versions say, we wish to see Jesus. So we're going to talk today uh, uh, about this um, very important subject, especially during this time of the year, seeing Jesus. Seeing Jesus. <clears throat> um, studying Jesus, of course, and, and uh, studying the Word of God and trying to understand Jesus uh, there's different ways you can go about it. There's different methods, and, and obviously there's different interpretations, different versions out there of, of who, he is, who he is. And uh, what I really don't like, I don't like our, our world telling us who Jesus is. That, that bugs me. In fact, that really bugs me when people who don't care anything about Jesus want to tell the church who Jesus is. People who don't know anything about Jesus, but they cherry-pick a few scriptures, and they pick a few things here and there, and they take out of context a few things here and there, and they talk about love, and they talk about this, and they want to tell you who Jesus is, even though they don't know anything about Jesus. In fact, they, they loathe Jesus. But they want to tell the church who Jesus is. and In fact, that's, uh, so they try to uh, steer you into a certain action course to take they want to they want to steer your action in the way that they want you to act so they will tell you because we're friendly we're nice we're loving people who Jesus is so we will allow the world to tell us who Jesus is we will allow ESPN to tell us who Jesus is we will allow Fox News to tell us who Jesus is the I call them the Fox News leg crossers you know they get on there with short skirts and they cross their legs and they act like they're talking about news and current events but they're really not they're they're trying to just and it's not exclusive to Fox News please I know there's a lot of the, there's those there's those uh, factions where it's either Fox News or nothing or it's CNN or nothing but they're all the same they're going to get on there with their professional haircut and a professional tone they all sound the same they're going to cross their legs and act like an author authoritative uh, source on all things politics and Jesus especially this time of year so I, I like to study Jesus I like to pursue Jesus in fact the study of Jesus is called uh, any any Bible students in the in the house today do you know what the study of Jesus is called it's called Christology Christology is the the study of Jesus Many people in Christianity are defined by various names. Many people all across the board and all of the various types of, of Christianity are, are really, uh, they're, they're identified by various names. Uh, some are identified by John Wesley, some are identified by Martin Luther, some are identified by 
John Calvin. Some are identified by William Branham. Some are identified by various, various. Some are identified by Lee Stone King. Just a little hit home a little bit right here in our Pentecostal. Some are, there's a lot of different versions of Christianity. They allow themselves to be identified by other names. Forgetting that there is one name that matters. There is, well, maybe not forgetting, but just, just allowing themselves to become factioned and, and almost, I don't want to use that word, but allowing themselves to be isolated into a certain group. But they, they forget that salvation only comes through the name of Jesus. Can I get an Amen. Neither is there salvation, what, in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we, what, must, not can, not should, not whatever, but must be saved. We have to value the name of Jesus Christ. We have to understand that Jesus is the only saving name. I'm not interested in mu as much in all of the other names that are associate, associated with different versions of Christianity. I'm really, I'm really interested in being associated with the name of Jesus. Now this is Christmas time, of course, so we, we're, we're going we're to hear plenty about Jesus and we're going to think a lot about Jesus. But there's a, this, this time of the year, there's a version of Jesus that we really like to think about, and it's the sweet little eight-pound baby Jesus. Right? It's, it, I mean, this time of the year, it's all about the manger. It's all about the eight-pound baby Jesus. It's all about how cute he was. It's all about that. And I, I got news for you. He's not a baby in a manger anymore. He's not a sweet little eight-pound baby Jesus anymore. He's not, he's not all of this stuff that we like to, during this time of the year, only picture him as. Remember, we're talking about seeing Jesus. Beyond study, beyond looking into the Word of God, and beyond trying to figure out who He is according to the Word of God, we, we must get to a place where we, fig, we, we understand how to know Him. Because He is alive. He is risen. I'm not going to go into a, a lengthy study there about death, burial, and resurrection, but this Jesus is no longer an eight-pound baby Jesus. This Jesus is no longer a man walking among us. This Jesus is a resurrected living God, and He wants to know you. He wants to know you during this season. He wants to know you during the Christmas season. He wants to know you come uh, uh, Groundhog Day. He wants, he wants to know you right around spring. He wants to know you around 4th of July whenever we hang the flag around ourselves and eat hot dogs. He still wants to know you. He, he wants you to know Him and He wants to know you. We must know this Jesus that we preach about, that we speak about, that we've read about. Now remember, studying Jesus, which we should do. We should, study, uh, we should study Jesus as we're talking about here. But if you're studying Jesus in the Gospels, and this is going to hurt some people. It's going it's to go against your theology a little bit right here. But remember, if you're only studying Jesus according to the Gospels, the Gospels don't reveal the fullness of Jesus Christ. The Gospels don't. Now we love Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We love those, those Gospel books of the Word of God. But the Gospels are an introduction to Jesus. 
In fact, it was Jesus all throughout the Gospels whenever there was an attempt or there was a a part of his fullness that, that started to surface. He was like, shh, not yet, not yet. Anytime there was someone that said, I'm starting to see who you really are. I'm starting to see a broader aspect than what we've... we've you're a whole lot bigger than eight pounds laying in a manger. You're a whole lot bigger. And he'd be like, nope, don't say anything. It's not time yet. Remember, so if you're studying Jesus in the Gospels, remember, that is not a complete picture of Jesus. That is an introduction to Jesus. That is an introduction to the Son of Man, which He was. And it is an introduction to the Son of God, which He was. It's just an introduction to this Jesus, this Christ. Jesus is more than what was described in the Gospels. In fact, Jesus was a new, a new creation. He was a new creature. He was a new creation. He wasn't just one of a kind. He was one of an only kind. He was much more than what we uh, often think about when we're thinking about Jesus. And when you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, when you're, you're baptized uh, calling on that name, you're not just baptized into Him. You actually put Him on. There is a fullness to Jesus that we need to, to comprehend, to understand, and that we need to know. We need to see Jesus for who He really is. We need to see this Jesus for how He wants to reveal Himself to us. Seeing Jesus, we want to see, we wish to see, we, we, just, we just want to see Jesus. We put on Jesus. And Malachi, there's, there's something very interesting about the, the church of the living God, which we are, the church of the living God, the bride of Christ. There's something very interesting in this day whenever there's people coming out of the closet everywhere. There's something very interesting that Malachi said some, uh, a few thousand years ago. He, he, said, uh, he said, let the bride come out of her closet. And that's, that's very interesting and that was prophetic in that in this day that we live in. It's time for the bride of Christ. It's time for the church of the living God to come out of the closet. Now everybody everywhere in all, all walks of society, uh, th- there's something that has happened where people are just shaking off burdens, shaking off shackles, and they're saying, I'm going to be who I am. Now it's time for us to just accept that as well. If they're going to be who they are, well, it's time for me to be who I am. It's time for the bride to come out of the closet. It's time for the bride of Christ to reveal herself as the bride of Christ, representing Jesus Christ. I apologize. I got a mint in my mouth and I'm trying to just hold on to and not spit it all the way down the aisle today. That's the bad thing. I should have taken a few more minutes in our connect time to let the mint go. But it's about gone. It's about gone. It's time for the bread. <laughs> Let's just uh, let's take a drink of water and we'll help wash it down. So how are you guys doing today? It's good to see you. So it's time for the church to be the church. It's time for the bride to come out of the closet. It's time for us to be uh, who God wants us to be. It's time to truly, truly see Jesus. In fact, it's Romans chapter 8 verse 19 that says, All of creation groans 
is groaning. All of, all of creation, not just the animals, animals, but everything within the created world is groaning and, and, and writhing for the manifestation of the sons of God. There's something about this created fallen world that is saying that is saying we want the church to be the church. We need the church and the destruction that is all around us and the confusion that is all around us. We need the church to be the church. We need the bride to come out of the closet and we need to see Jesus. Proverbs 23 and 23 says, buy the truth and sell it not. We're talking about truth. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about, uh, we're talking about being who we're supposed to be. Uh, I, it's, it's interesting when you start talking about truth because there's, uh, we, and we've talked about it before. He's spoken about it so, uh, so often in, in times past, how the world today is just so confused with truth, how there's so many different versions of truth and nothing is absolute anymore. Everything is relative, but there's more to truth than just, just your truth or my truth or this truth. There is absolute truth and truth is more than just a doctrine. Truth is more than just something that we study in scripture. Truth is, truth is much bigger than that truth is truth is a person it's Jesus that said I am the way the truth and the life so whenever you talk about wanting to understand truth and you want to that you have to go no further than than looking and seeing and knowing Jesus that's when you will really begin to go down a path a, a pathway of truth and you will begin to begin to understand truth is whenever you know Jesus now the interesting thing about truth is everybody, everybody grabs a hold of a nugget of truth that the, that's been revealed to them. And Pentecostals, we are, we are some of the world's worst. I, I've got news for us today. Acts 2.38 is not the only truth. It is part of the truth. It is part of the truth that God has revealed to His church and to everyone else and is a, a salvation, me, salvation message. But it is not the only truth. There are, there are truths in the Word of God that He wants to continue to reveal uh, to us. He wants to continue. And the only way that He can continue to reveal truth to us is if He keeps revealing Himself to us. Because the multifacetedness of Jesus is such that there's so much truth in there, there's no end to the searching, there's no end to the study. He wants to reveal. He doesn't want us to stop at just one aspect of truth. He wants to, us to continue into what? All truth. It's the reason he says his spirit will lead us and guide us into all truth. He wants us to continue. He wants us to see him. He wants us to see Him during this Christmas. I can feel the help coming now. I can feel it. Uh, the mint's gone, so the help's coming. I can, I can feel it now. He wants to reveal Himself to us, especially during this Christmas time, whenever we're, whenever we're locked in on sweet little eight-pound baby Jesus, and we're locked in on wise men, and we're locked in on shopping, and we're locked in on Christmas trees. He's saying, keep looking because there's more to me than you're seeing. There's more to me than you could possibly imagine. If you would just look, if you would just dig. It's about seeing Him. It's about knowing Him. Why don't you put up uh, 2 Thessalonians. I didn't, I didn't put it in my notes, but why don't you put up 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2, verse number 10. 
This is, now, this is an interesting part. That was quick. Very nice. And with all... Now, that's a fun word right there. Deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Verse number 11, And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Go back to verse number 10. Because they receive not the love of the truth. What is truth? Or should I say, who is truth? Because they receive not the love of the truth or the love of Jesus. Well, Jesus loves everybody, but have you received His love? Have you received the truth that is Jesus? Have you received His affection and His love? And... Going further than that, if you don't really care about that, how can you possibly talk about truth or talk about knowing Him? In fact, it goes a little bit further. You're, whenever, you, whenever you shun Jesus or you shun the true Jesus and you shun the truth that is Jesus, there's something that happens. You allow yourself to walk in deception, believing a lie. And this is the kicker. This is the interesting thing about it. God is more than happy to allow you. In fact, He will help you believe that lie. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting right there. If it, it, God's saying, if you want to believe a lie, I will help you. If you want to go down this road of confusion and you don't want to embrace and see me and see truth, then I'm going to help you. Why do you think all over this world going nuts right now, there seems to be no truth because everything is truth. If everything is true, nothing is true. All over the world right now, it's just this massive conglomeration of craziness and confusion. It's because Jesus said, you don't want me, you don't want truth, so I'm more than happy to make sure that you go down this road of error, believing this lie, and I'm going to help you double down on it. Now, that's, the, that's not sweet eight-pound baby Jesus. That's not the little manger baby and, and gold and frankincense and myrrh and all this cute little stuff. That's something that's a little more harsh to understand about this Jesus. When he, whenever he says, if you want to believe a lie, I will help you believe a lie. In fact, I will, I will cover my face and you won't even see me whenever I'm standing before you. You will see somebody else. If you want to believe that. But it's for those that are seeking and looking and receiving a love saying, I don't want my truth to just be my truth. I want to know your truth. I want to know you as truth. That's whenever he starts to reveal himself and you, you start to see him for who he is. And he allows the deception. He allows the lies to lift up off of you. And you start to go down this path of truth that is unparalleled and, and unbelievable. And he says, I'm going to reveal myself to you. But the thing is, whenever you are in a world of, that's full of lies, to them, the truth will look like a lie. 
So don't expect everyone around you to all of a sudden become very nice to you whenever you pursue this Jesus or this truth. Don't, don't, don't recognize uh, falsely that all of a sudden people are going to love you for, for, the, for this truth that you're walking in because to them this truth and this true love that is Jesus will look like a lie and will look like hatred. In fact, they're going to call it hatred and they're going to call it xenophobia and they're going to call it racism and they're going to call it homophobia and they're going to call it this and this. And they're going to create this long list of terms to label you hasty Christian hicks as because you're walking with Jesus and you're walking with truth and you're not walking in their truth. Seeing Jesus in this Christmas time I want to see Him for who He really is. I don't want to just go down in baptism taking on the name of Jesus Christ and, and being buried with Him in baptism and, and forgetting that that was more than just a dunk in a pool. And Hopefully it was warm water. Some of you might have been dunked in some cool water and you were gl- you're, you're, you're glad to forget that. But hopefully it's not just a time where you're just going for a quick dip in some, in some water. You're recognizing that this is something very special. When you repent of your sins and you go down in the name of Jesus Christ, that you're buried with Him in baptism and you put Him on like a coat. And He begins to cover you. And He begins to reveal Himself to you. Now here's the thing about baptism. And I've been meaning to talk about this for a while because I think there's some people that don't understand. The goal is to not get you in the water to get baptized. That's not the goal. For some reason, we in Pentecost, we think that's the goal. If we can just rack up as many numbers as we can. Or we baptize 50 today. We baptize 55 today. Or whatever the case may be. The goal is not that. The goal is first to make sure we bring you to a place of repentance. Because that is of no profit if you haven't repented of your sins. And we talked about that truth, one of the truths that that God has revealed to us, Acts 2.38. Then Peter looked at everyone and said, repent, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins that goes together. If you haven't been forgiven of your sins at repentance, you can't have your sins remitted at baptism. No matter how many times you plead the name of Jesus Christ over you, if you haven't repented of your sins, you've only gotten wet. It goes together like peanut butter and jelly. It goes together so very perfectly. You must repent. And when you repent, you're a prime candidate to go down in the wonderful name of Jesus, being buried with Him in baptism. And it's at that moment He remits all of those sins. He removes them from you. Casts them as far as the east is from the west. And He says, now you're ready to receive My Spirit as I breathe the breath of life back into you. And you can walk in this new life. 
But seeing Jesus requires that we make sure that we understand that we must first repent of our sins. We must repent. What does repent mean? Somebody help me out. What does repent mean? It does not mean you're sorry. It, godly, sorry godly, godly sorrow worketh repentance. It's not about being sorry. It's about, it's about turning away from the life you were living. Of course we're sorry. That is the first step. But it's a godly sorrowness that worketh repentance. It's, it's saying I'm sorry for the way I've always walked and I've always lived. I'm sorry for the way I've talked. I've so, I'm sorry for the lies that I've told. I'm sorry for beating my wife, whatever your issue is. I'm sorry for beating my husband, whatever your issue is. I'm sorry for getting drunk constantly. I'm sorry for womanizing. I'm sorry, but it's not enough to be sorry. I have to turn and start walking another direction. That's what repentance is. It's a 180 degree turn. I'm not going to continue down that path anymore. I'm not going to continue walking that life anymore. I'm going to turn and I'm going to walk toward you and with you. And I'm going to go down in your name being baptized into you. And when you do that, there's something about the presence of God that it's so easy to be filled with the Holy Ghost. In other words, just, just get a little plain. Why is it that so many people feel like they're travailing and, and, and pushing and I can't get filled with the Holy Ghost? I don't feel like He wants to... It's a gift. He wants to fill you with His Spirit. In fact, He's already poured it out. He wants you to be full of Him. The question is, do you want to be full of Him? Do you want to turn from an old lifestyle and start to walk this new lifestyle, allowing yourself to be clothed with Him. Allowing yourself to put uh, Him upon you. Allowing His covering to come upon you. And then whenever you do that, there is, a, there is something within your spirit, within your soul, that prepares that ground for the infilling of the Holy Ghost rapidly and easily. <clears throat> Jesus. We're talking about seeing Jesus. We're talking about making sure that we allow ourselves to see Jesus. We're talking about making sure that we allow ourselves to walk with this God. I don't want to be deceived. I don't want to, I don't even, I, 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 I trust you. I'm going, to, I'm going to allow myself to keep walking and pursuing you. And you're going to shield me from all deception. Because I understand this principle now, according to 2 Thessalonians, if I allow myself to believe and to pursue a lie, and pursue deception he's going to be more than happy to oblige me in that and he's going to double down and make sure that I continue well down that path if you want to believe a lie he will help you and also in that scripture that we read he, they receive not a love of the truth. Truth. Remember it was. It was one God people. That killed Jesus. That hung him on a cross. They had good doctrine. They had good. Doctrine. There was a woman that followed an apostle. There, a woman that followed the, an apostle, and, and and she was speaking truth. 
whenever she said, these, these are the men of the Most High God, do what they say. But that apostle turned around and said, you're a liar and I cast the devil out of you. It wasn't that she was lying. It's that there was something wrong with the spirit that was within her. I challenge you, read, this, read the story, go in and, and look at it. It, it. It's wild. What that tells us is the, your doctrine can be right. But your spirit wrong. Your doctrine can be right and you can be solid on the word and you can be pursuing truth and a knowledge of Him and to see Him. But if you do it with the wrong spirit, you can just as easily be in error. God is seeking such to worship Him. Seeking what? He's seeking those that will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Of course, we understand that that is a capital S there, but He's, he's wanting you in your spirit, your spirit to be right in your approach to Him, and authentic in your attempt to see Him and to know Him. Truth, right information, right according to the scripture, spirit, right attitude. I don't want to become so heavy in my head, my knowledge, that I forget that my spirit and my heart needs to be right as well. I must pursue a knowledge of Him and correct knowledge of, of Him and correct doctrine. I must pursue seeing Him, but if I don't have a right spirit in this process... Oh God, don't let me believe a lie. Don't let me, don't let me go down this road of, of dogmatic lifestyle where I start to beat people over the head with my huge heavy Bible and cast people into hell with my knowledge of you. Help me to understand that seeing you is both equal parts truth and right spirit. We have to be more, and I am I'm an advocate of this truth that God has revealed to us, the Acts 2.38 salvation message. I am a, a proponent, I, I, I am a believer in this message, but we have to be more than Acts 2.38 people. We have to be more than Acts 2.38 people. We have to pursue all truth. Which means we have to have a right attitude as well. Don't, don't talk to me about God but fail to mention Jesus. Don't, don't talk to me about God but fail to mention His nature that said I'm going to go among everyone and I'm going to love and I'm going to make sure there is truth but I'm also going to make sure that there is right spirit and there is affection. Believing in God, but not believing in Jesus is like believing in rock, but not believing in stone. Believing in Nashville, but not believing in country music. 
the entire Word of God, the entire Word of God from Genesis to Revelation as the fly flies around me. Got him. The entire Word of God from Genesis to Revelation points to Jesus. It's pointing to Jesus Christ. Not just baby Jesus. I say that because there's an old movie that made a joke about that sweet little eight pound baby Jesus. Now, that's the version of, a lot of Jesus that a lot of us choose to look at or choose to focus on or choose to think about. Now, in this movie they talk about, that's the Jesus I like to pray to. I like to pray to the sweet little eight pound baby Jesus. I like to, and that's unfortunately, especially during the Christmas season, that's what we focus on. That's only who Jesus is, but that's not who just Jesus is. He wants us to walk with Him. He wants us to know Him. He wants to see Him for who He is. How do we see Him? How do we know Him? How does He know us? Luke chapter number 17, verse number 35. Now all of you end time prophecy people are going to recognize this. Two women shall be grinding together. The one shall be taken and the other left. Thirty-six. <laughs> Two men shall be in the field, sorry. The one shall be taken and the other left. And they answered and said unto him, Where, Lord? Did you, did you catch that? Why didn't they say, When, Lord? And they answered and said unto him, Where, Lord? And what comes next seems to be completely off subject. First of all, in that they said, Where, instead of when, but he said unto them, wheresoever the body is, thither there will the eagles be gathered together. What? 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 Well, it's something we have to understand about eagles. Eagles are carrion eaters. They are, they are birds that go for dead animals. Just like a raven or a crow that you see out on the road picking apart their roadkill. As majestic as eagles look, they're no better than that. They're just going for the dead animals, primarily. And what Jesus is telling us here is something about Jesus that's going to be drawn to the dead flesh. Something about this Jesus that we're trying to see that is drawn to dead flesh. Now for all of you that don't know where I'm going with that is we are to die to our flesh 
and our carnal desires. And when we live a lifestyle of dying to the carnal man, it's that whenever Jesus, it's there where Jesus is drawn to us. He's drawn, he's drawn to you in that moment whenever you say, I'm, I'm laying down this. I'm laying down this lifestyle. I'm laying down this carnal mind that is so very strong within me. I'm going to read from the message. I don't know if he has it. Romans chapter number 12, verse number 1. He does have it in the message, yeah. This is an interesting way of viewing, reading this scripture from the message. I'm not a big advocate most of the time of the message, a little too casual. But this, this passage of scripture right here helps me to really think about how I need to adjust myself, adjust my mindset. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you. Develops well-formed Maturity in you. If you want to see Jesus, and if you want to know Jesus, we have to start denying ourselves. Have to start denying ourselves and denying the carnal man, the carnal nature that so desperately wants it to be fed and nurtured on an endless loop. We have to deny ourselves from from the desire of ourselves to feed ourselves a steady diet of social media content 24-7 that is changing the very nature of our brains. Oh, you, you don't think it is? Well, the, the ones that design most social media apps, they, they won't even let their kids on it because they know the addictive nature of it, number one, but they also know how it rewires your brain to be... It's like a drug in that it's like a constant hit of dopamine. Every time you see a like, every time you see a new follower, every, every time you see something that just stimulates your brain a little bit, it conditions you to constantly strive for that. It rewires your brain. Well, why are you talking about social media? Because the scripture just talked about it. Your culture. Not their culture. Their culture had something to deal with back then that was different from our culture, I'm sure. Our culture, we have our challenges that we have to deal with. 
And one of the things, one of the pivotal things that we really have to contend with is this unhealthy obsession with social media. I'm not, I'm not preaching that you need to throw away all social media. I need, I'm not preaching any of that. I, I, I felt it. I used to be on Instagram. I was never a Facebook fan. I used to be on Instagram. And I noticed every time I was on Instagram, reading through the feeds, the grim. You know, I was reading through and, and I, I started developing this attitude of judgmentalism over everything. And I started to get irritated over everything I saw. Even people within the church, whenever they would post certain things, I started to develop this, this almost hatred toward them. And I just stepped back one day and God told, God literally told me he may not be telling you this he told me he said delete the app and I did well that's that's how I roll with Jesus he talks I listen I don't know how you roll with him that's totally up to you I can't make you do anything. I wouldn't even dream of trying to make you do anything. But there's something about the Spirit of the Lord. Whenever you want to see Him, He's going to start speaking to you to challenge you to do some things in your life that may be uncomfortable, that may be a little difficult for you to do. And if you submit to Him and do it, He's going to begin to reveal Himself in a new way to you. Oh, this is that, it's that old uh, man. We're, we're, this is that old school preaching stuff. It's that old school Pentecostal preaching stuff where they're preaching against everything but fresh air. No, 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 no. It's not that at all. I'm not preaching against stuff. I'm preaching for something. I'm preaching for seeing him. I'm preaching for seeing the real Him. I'm preaching about, I want myself and I want this body to be clothed in His righteousness, to be baptized into Him, to be the true body of Christ in a confused and lost world. And He wants nothing more than to be with us and to be a part of us, leading us and guiding us, helping us. To see him as we all stand. We are in December, rounding out the year. We have two Sundays left in the year. You thought about it? You excited about it? Excited about two Sundays and then we're off of Sundays like, woo, no church, yeah. I am. Looking forward to a day off. Come on. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that occasionally. We're going we're to have a good time. Celebrate the holidays with our family. Rest, relaxation, gluttony. <laughs> Hopefully not too much. And then we're going to come back at the beginning of the year. And we're going to be on a course. We're going to be on a course to see Him. We're going to be on course to be the true body of Christ. I'm not saying that we weren't before. I'm just saying we live in a fluctuating, progressively moving world. And God wants us to keep moving with Him. So there's going to be a call from this pulpit. There's going to be a call for us in the coming year.
I'm not calling for you to do anything too crazy right now because God knows we're in the holidays. This is it's going to be tough. I mean, there's cookies everywhere. And there's cookies everywhere. We stopped at Crumble last night. But here we are as we wind out. Two Sundays left in this year. I want you to have that in your mind. And we start off the new year. God is going to be asking us to sacrifice a little bit for Him. He's going to be asking us to separate ourselves a little bit for Him. Now, I could easily step in right here and say, we're going to do all of this as a church body. We're going to go on a 40-day Daniel fast. We're going to, I'm not going to do any of that. No. Because I believe everything, although corporately in, in a type of direction, should be responded to individually. <coughs> so as we come into this new year here in just a few weeks... I want you to, over the next few weeks, start thinking about some things that you can sacrifice in your life to see Him. I talked about it a couple weeks ago just briefly. There's going to be some types of fasting. I'm not talking about full on, if you're hardcore, man, you're hardcore, we're going to go on a 40-day total fast. No, no, no. We're not talking about, if you want to do that, that's up to you. I'm talking about just a few things here and there. Maybe we're going to start off the year with, maybe, maybe you can, not we're, you, maybe you, whatever, whatever God's dealing with you about. He, he will start to deal with you and talk to you if you allow Him, just like He did with me. He said, delete Instagram. I didn't go to my wife and say, delete Instagram. God told us to. No, He just told me to. I'm not telling you to, unless He's telling you to. I'm saying, be listening to what He's asking of you to do. Remember, this God that we preach about has always demanded a sacrifice. Has always. Now, just because He provided a sacrifice through the flesh of Jesus Christ to be sacrificed so we could return to fellowship with Him, that didn't negate all sacrifice because He still said for you to take up your cross and to follow Him. Which means there's going to be some levels of sacrifice that each of us need to look to and pursue. Maybe He's going to ask some of you to fast half a day once a week. Pick a day, Wednesday, Monday, whatever the day is. He's, he might be asking you, choose, choose that day to start to fast breakfast or breakfast and lunch, maybe even the full day. Maybe it's going to be a scenario where he's starting to speak to you and saying, I want you to go on a three-day total fast at the beginning of every month and just water. Maybe you might be a little more hardcore like that. Maybe, that's, maybe, he's, maybe he's just saying, you have ten cups of coffee today. I would like for you to only have one today. Now, if you're drinking 10 cups of coffee a day, we're going to have to, we're going to, have to do a lot more than just... We're going to have to pray for you that you guys just drop over. But there's something that he's going to be asking for. <laughs> Somebody's pointing. <laughs> she just walks out. I, I'm done. I can't. I can't do it. This is too heavy. <laughs> it's too heavy. I can't do this. 
But listen, church, there's something that God's going to be asking for you. Now, I could get up here and I could start hammering down on do this, do this, do this. But that's not profitable at all. Because everyone has different areas of weaknesses. Everyone has to work out their own salvation. Which means I have strengths and weaknesses that somebody else doesn't have. So I need to listen to the Spirit of the Lord as He tells me what I need to tighten down on. Because I don't want to be a slave to this culture and miss seeing Jesus. Why don't we lift our hands and love Him just for a moment while we're dismissed. Before we're dismissed, Lord, we love You. We praise You. We thank You, Lord. We thank You for this opportunity during this holiday season to reveal to us the, the, the depth and the breadth. and the, 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 There's so much to You. There's so much more to You than we've ever understood. And we thank You, Lord, for this opportunity to really dive deeper into You. And going into the new year, Lord, as we round out this year, God, we're going to sacrifice. We're going to set ourselves aside. We're going to separate ourselves for Your service so that we know You in a greater way than we ever had because that's really what it's all about Lord I re- I, we just want to know you more and deeper than we ever have I know for me and my family we, we want to know you in a greater way and I believe for this church this, so many in this church they want to know you in a new and greater way than they've known you in the past and I believe this is the window of opportunity that you're, you've given us Lord to start to push aside ourselves and our culture and start to really look to see you and to know you and to know truth. Lord, we love you. As they sing just for a moment, before we're dismissed, before, I don't know if the kids have anything prepared, let's just let's open our hearts up one more time. To allow Him to speak to us. Because He does want to speak to you. And He will speak to you. Thank you Lord.